Pouring out a little bit, so continue to pray for us as we uh, finish off the year. Um, I titled the sermon Faith and Adventist Education. I could have put faith. Faith can move mountains closely. What does faith have to do with Adventist education? Well, what is faith? What are some examples of faith in the Bible? So hopefully by the end of this sermon, we will have answered some, or if not all, of these questions. And before we get into that, let's have a quick word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for bringing us here this morning on this gorgeous, sunny day. Thank you for showing us your beauty in nature, the creator of all. Help the words that I speak be yours and pour out your Holy Spirit on each one of us today. And get a blessing from this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, there we go. So, the first part is faith, and the second part is Adventist education. So, as you can see in the Adventist education, is journey to excellence. Faith is the first word in it, second is wisdom and service. So today we'll talk about the faith portion of Adventist education. There's a quick video for it um, that is queued right away that will show where Adventist education is and promoting Adventist education. It's true that Adventist education offers academic excellence and innovative teaching and learning methodologies. But unlike other private and public schools, it layers all learning with a distinct biblical Adventist worldview. Our students discover and explore ideas with wonder and questioning with the Bible at the center. But alongside this, something else is in focus. We're told that character building is the most important work ever entrusted to human beings. And never before was its diligent study so important as now. Never was any previous generation called to meet issues so momentous. Never before were young men and young women confronted by perils so great as confront them today. 
the most important work for these times we live in? This is a serious calling indeed. Research has shown that the greatest success in developing character is through a three-way partnership with parents, the church, and the school. It's here when biblical worldviews align that God can do the miracle of shaping children's lives for his purpose and his glory. While Adventist schools do have excellent curricula, it's the teachers who are the living curriculum. They live and breathe their own walk with Jesus and ultimately teach from the overflow of their time with him. Some say that genuine spirituality must be caught, not taught. And this is ever true with character development. It's the teachers who regularly and candidly live and speak about their love for Jesus who inspire students the most. And when children see genuine spirituality modeled by three significant adults in their lives, they're much more likely to grow in authentic love for Jesus themselves. Teachers in Adventist schools often become one of those significant adults. But the years tick by, and those little seeds do grow quickly. Adventist education loves to partner with parents in these seasons of growth to provide an environment where roots grow downward in God, the giver of life. Growing downward, taking root, takes intentional planning, careful nurture, and learning to thrive in both sunshine and rain. Once the roots are established and strong, each tree grows upward toward the sky. Its fruit is a testimony of God's goodness and what he has done. Yes, Adventist education is a partnership with home and church, but most of all, it's a partnership with God in the most important work on earth, the growth of his children's characters, the only aspect of this life that will endure forever. It's only as his children take root downward in an abiding relationship with him that they can bear fruit upward and be a witness to the world. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. Thank you. So that was our promotional video that we were, we were supposed to have had in April, which we dedicate every year, a day for Adventist education. One thing that spoke to me in that video is the teachers are the living curricula. This is reflected in most of our staff. Uh, some of them are here today. Uh, Mr. Party, Mrs. Party, and Ms. Carey, and other teachers as well. One of the things um, that I wanted to talk about just about last week, miracles at CAA. On Sunday, we found out there's wildfires in Alberta, and they were spreading quite quickly. So Mr. Party got on <laughs> the computer immediately and started researching what the alternative is for the band tour. He pivoted very quickly um, and figuring out another plan for our band tour. Until the moment they left, we were still signing paperwork because that happened Sunday, they were supposed to leave Wednesday, and our plan was to go to Alberta, to my previous school, and then do a little tour to Berman and back. Unfortunately, that did not work out. But our kid, God provides in mysterious ways, and he came through. So now our students are actually in, on the island, worshiping with Lakeview Christian, and the church is there. And we're so grateful that 
God performs his miracles and faith and shows us glimpses of faith that he helps us walk through. Um, so, how many of you guys are ready this morning for a little quick quiz? I don't see many children here, but we'll see. Um, this is based on Hebrews chapter 11. Where are the students here? Let's see. Okay. In reverent fear to God, this man constructed an ark to save his household. That should be an easy one. What do you guys think? Noah, thank you. That's found in Hebrews 7. The second one, the man who offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than his brother, was it Cain, Abel, or Sep? Abel? I want to hear some little voices here. Let's see. The man who went out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, was it Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob? Let's, so if we turn to Hebrews 11.8, it gives us a, by faith, what's the name there? Abraham, good job, thank you. The next one is, the man that was taken up by God and did not see death, was it Methuselah, Enoch, or Elisha? Yes. The woman who received power to conceive even when she was past the age, was it Hannah, Rachel, or Sarah? That's an easy one. Sarah, thank you. The father that was tested by God to offer his son. Abraham, yes. There's a few um, repeat answers that repeat themselves, so that should be easy. The father who invoked future blessings to his two sons. Was it David, Isaac, or Joseph? Let's look in Hebrews 11.20. What is the hint there? Not sure. So it says in Hebrews 11.20, By faith, Isaac. Did you guys say that and I didn't catch? I'm sorry. <laughs> the grandfather who blessed his grandson when dying. Was it Jacob, David, Jacob, or Daniel? This is supposed to be participatory. Come on, guys. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> Jacob, thank you. The prostitute who did not perish for welcoming the spies. Was it Ruth, Deborah, or Rahab? Rahab, thank you. Three more questions. Don't, don't leave me hanging here. Last three. Let's get, <laughs> see if you can help me out. The man at the end of his life mentioned the exodus of Israel and gave direction concerning his bones. Was it Judah, Joseph, or Jacob? Thank you. This child was hidden for three months by his parents when born. Was it Samuel, Moses, or Jesus? Awesome. The man who chose to be mistreated sorry, with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Was it David, Daniel, or Moses? Moses, good job, thank you. These are the 
men and women of faith. So what is faith? I looked up the secular definition and the biblical definition. The secular definition is strong belief or trust in someone or something. Belief in the existence of God, strong religious feelings or beliefs. A system of religious beliefs. The biblical faith is found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now God did not call us to be successful in this world. He called us to faithfulness. And I hope that is what we aim to do as we move into our faith relationship with God. So in Hebrews 11.7, we're going to go through a few of the um, men of faith and women of faith that are mentioned here. There's, there's not many. I'll make sure we're... It's a very short sermon, so bear with me here. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared the ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah, by faith, built an ark as God asked him to. He does not know what rain is. At this point, they didn't have rain. They don't know what rain is coming from heaven. It's just the dew on the, the grass the next morning is how they knew water existed and the rivers that they had. They never had rain. So it was only by faith that Noah can do this. Why couldn't Noah ignore God's instruction? What was different about Noah? I think the big piece that he had was faith. The next person in the Bible that I, that one of the most important, um, the one I look up to is Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. But before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch walked with God. And the notes in my Bible say, Judean sources viewed Enoch as particularly righteous, exempted from death. The next one is Moses. In Hebrews 11, 24 to 26, it says, By faith, Moses when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasure, treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses made wise choices and is recorded as a man of faith in the Bible. So these are some of the men and women of faith. We have Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the list goes on. And I hope and pray that we all want to be in that list as we wait for Jesus to come. The verse that was read earlier was, For if you have faith as mustard seed, you will say, this is, say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There was once a Christian woman who was well known among the villagers for her simple faith and her great calmness in the midst of many trials. Another woman living a distance hearing of her said, I must go and see that woman and learn the secret of her calm, happy life. 
She went and confronting the woman said, are you the woman with the great faith? No, was the answer. I'm not the woman with the great faith, but I am the woman with the little faith in a great God. Have you wondered how we can make our faith strong? Well, it says in Matthew 18, 2 to 5, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Now, having faith like a child is no easy feat. I can tell you that. <laughs> in Matthew 18, Jesus tells us the exactly what to do. Um, having faith like a child requires putting aside our will. This way, our opinions and misconceptions do not get in the way of trusting Christ wholeheartedly. We have to admit that we, are, we do not always know what is best and humble ourselves, which can be a challenge. Children often have very little control over their own lives. Yet, in healthy circumstances, Children embrace, embrace the fact that they have put their trust in other people. They trust what their parents, teachers, or other adults say without doubts or fears. Adults, on the other hand, are much more skeptical than children. It seems that the childlike faith and wonder are somehow lost in the process of growing up. So how can we regain that childlike faith? Well, oh, sorry. There should be one more slide there. There should be a slide on Adventist. Oh, there we go. Thank you. So, going back to how we can grow our faith. I graduated from Parkview Adventist Academy, and my graduating class was about 90 students. It had shop class, driver's ed, and more options for the students, such as sports, choir, and other extracurricular activities. We were at the height of Adventist education in the 90s. Students came from far and near. I have friends and alumnus that graduated from PAA with me that came from most of BC, Alberta, and sometimes Ontario and East as well. That was awesome to be immersed in Adventist education. Slowly, slowly, we started to walk away from the original design of Adventist education. However, when you have faith, God can move mountains. I'm going to bring it closer to this era. A few years ago, a team of believers said that we have to have a high school at our previous school, at Coralwood Adventist Academy. So they started one. Someone along the way had a dream for a high school. Someone along the way said, we will send our children to help grow the high school. However, someone else said, it does not fit my child's needs, so moved their child to a different school. That started the slide in enrollment. But we serve a mighty God. A group of us prayed and cried out to the Lord. Because of the faithful members along the way who said, we will not let the high school close, today, Two students took on the torch of keeping the high school going. 
they rallied and brought 13 other students to the school. This is I'm talking about in Edmonton, just so everybody's aware. And we praise God for that. God has awesome plans for Adventist schools. I ask you to partner with me in prayer for reigniting the passion for Adventist education. Our schools are growing. PA's enrollment used to be, PA was the one I graduated from, last year was at 60. It grieved me. Like we had, my graduating class was 90. At the time in the 90s, we had almost 300 students just at PAA. Last year was down to 60. It hurts to see my school decline in enrollment. This year, by God's grace and a lot of prayer, they're at 106 students. It's not where we need to be, but we're on that climb. So I ask you to continue to pray for Adventist education. Miracles are happening in all areas of Adventist education around the world. I've also listened to a couple of videos this week about Adventist education. Peru was one of them. We've trailblazed, I think is the word I can use, um, and started Adventist education there. And now we're ge- going into um, something new. Um, the Adventist education is moving, and there's a movement happening, and I hope and pray that we will all stand with our teachers that teach our children and come alongside them and encourage them that this is where we want our children to be. In the video also it pointed out um, that it takes the home, school, and the church. The three things need to work together. God is in control, and it says that if we have spent time praying and continue to use the Bible as our guide at our home when we have family worship and at school, which we did yesterday, um, assemblies, we usually try and do curricula as well as Bible-based. And yesterday was about prayer. And we talked about how to pray because most of our students are not Christian, um, let alone Adventist. So those seeds we're planting, I hope and pray that they grow. And some of the students have been coming to church, a couple students, and we're praying that those seeds are planted and are growing. Um, God is in control, and if he is for us, who can be against us? May God fill up your cup of faith and strengthen your relationship with him. And I thank you for supporting Adventist education locally. And if you have any suggestions on how we could make it grow more in faith, let's have those conversations. Thank you.